And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast episode, I have my good friend Charlie with me. Hello. And how you been doing, man? How's everything been going with you for uh, throughout the day? It's fine. Nothing's going on. Um, this is the last movie I watched last night. Um, yeah, I have some thoughts on this one. Okay, so before we get into our thoughts and everything with this, I just want to mention something. If you are into the podcasting world, into the podcasting community and stuff like that, and you're, or if you're just listening to podcasts itself, I recommend Good Pods. And they're not a sponsor or anything, but Good Pods is a much better app when it comes down to ranking our show, coming down to commenting on our show, and also to... It helps with the community itself within the podcasting community as well, because now we can uh, because now we can actually interact with our fans and stuff like that with the rankings, talk about, talk to our fans and things like that. So check out Good Pods; they're a good, good, easy uh, way of actually listening to your podcast and everything. Much better than Apple Podcasts and things like that. So, with further ado, let's go on ahead get into our review for the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. So here's the thing. I definitely, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've seen Tokyo Drift. Last time I saw this was at, like during my uh, college years in 2006. That was like my last time that I saw Tokyo Drift. All I remember was how Han died and everything, but I didn't remember the cause and the reason why Han died. And that's and I'm actually gonna go on ahead and say something that regards to F9 later on as to what I think about the events that happened in this movie and stuff like that too. But anyways, uh basically this movie starts off with Trouble or Oro Valley High School student Sean Boswell lives with his mother. They've been forced to relocate multiple times due to Sean's attitude and stuff like that and he's the new kid in school so everybody's going to be messing with him and stuff like that and then so this other guy who this jock who has a dodge viper decides that he's going to try and challenge sean to a race so during this whole entire opening sequence and everything basically sean is just trying to go ahead walk it off and everything and stuff like that yeah he has that little smirking attitude but he's also trying to walk it off and everything to where he doesn't have to relocate or anything like that because he's already put his mother through enough. And then as he's driving, getting ready to drive off, the douchebag jock throws the baseball into the back of the car, and that's what sets Sean off, and then that's when they decide to go do the race. Now, this is actually probably a pretty cool action sequence for me personally. I like the action sequence going through the construction site and then Sean coming off to the side of the Viper and everything too, because he's also in a muscle car and he just comes out of nowhere. It kind of reminds you of need for speed back in the nineties kind of flavor that we used to have. And all of a sudden he just comes out of nowhere, jumps over the uh, guy and he winds up in first place. And then it's like, a, it's, it's pretty much like a race uh, where they're both, wind up on top of each other pretty much banging into each other and things like that next thing you know it sean winds up winning the race but the way he wins the race is this he makes uh the douchebag jaw crash into um into some like a pole he yeah he ends up, ends up crashing into a pole and then basically the airbags deploy next thing you know it sean ends up 
doing his, his prime drift, it looks like, but he's not drifting. It actually ends up making him flip and destroying his car. Next thing you know, they're inside the principal's office and everything. And, he's, and of course, the girls also told uh, her douchebag boyfriend before they actually crash, well, I know who's going to take me to prom tonight. And then all of a sudden, they're inside the principal's office, like I said, and he's just smiling at her like, yeah, I'm your date now. And But what did you think? What did you think of the open sequences and stuff? Well, to go in, I this is the one movie I never really saw in its like in its entirety. I knew Han died, I knew of that, um, and I knew the ending. But it just this one just I don't know. It's just like I didn't like, and I tried watching it years and years ago, and I I stopped because it was just bad. This movie just definitely felt like directed DVD quality, and there's a reason this movie only made 158 million worldwide. It became the lowest grossing film in this franchise. This this movie almost ended the Fast and the Furious movies until they came to Vin Diesel and asked him, we want you to produce these movies. And he goes, yeah, I'm in. But Paul Walker's got to be back in this too. I need the rest of my people. And this is when Vin Diesel took over control for this and steadied the, the ship. But the sequence was okay. I mean, the Sean Boswell, he, he's, they tried, they casted him. They tried to make him dumb. They made him drive the, the, the muscle car they had him kind of like, kind of look like him a little bit. They kind of had his mannerisms. I mean, the race was okay. I mean, it's very high schooly, and it's just like, it just, it, it was just very pretend. Like, and then of course the rich people get off, and then, um, and then you feel bad for the girl because the way the douchebag boyfriend. You could say it was really weird because the thing that they crashed into is kind of the stuff you see on the side of the road, kind of like the 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 the, the kind of like the. Concrete, like kind of like the like cement filled like tunnel tubing things or whatever stuff you do for roads and stuff. I don't know the proper term. Anybody that's listening in the chat, they if their infrastructure, they know exactly what this kind of this thing, like the proper term is. Let us know. But they crash into something that 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 was almost that could almost seriously kill somebody if they crash it in that speed. Um, and then Sean tries to drift and muscle and. Of course, it was going to fail, but it's just, I don't know. The opening really didn't sell me in it. I was like, I'm watching it. I was actually pretty much, I was bored. Like the movie, this movie is, this is definitely my least favorite of the Fast and the Furious movies. It is for me personally. It's just, it doesn't feel like it. Um, I think, mean, yeah, you have Han in there. Um, the thing is, I like the guys. I like Sean, uh, Sean Boswell, Twinkie, um, Eric Young. I think that was his name, Eric. Um, um, and yeah, I think it was uh, it was an um, Twinkie. Um, let me see, Earl. Yeah, it was Earl. I like I like those guys in Fast Nine more than I actually like them in this movie. I mean, it just for me, it just. I mean, the opening is that I know I was watching, and I was actually really bored. Um, and I'll get into some positives that I liked from it later on but it just for me it's just and then the mom being i mean that's how they get out that's how she helps his son out she right. pretty much sleeps with all the police officers to get well, him off i mean that's here's another thing seems like but that's just me go ahead John. right yeah well, here's the thing this is my least favorite as well to be honest with you this does not feel like a fast and the furious movie this actually does feel like like a straight to dvd release a matter of fact, they were going to make probably another movie if it wasn't for Vin Diesel showing up at the end, where it was probably going to be straight to home video release. 
But Vin Diesel shows up at the end, and that's to hype everybody up, saying, yes, Dominic is back. We're back at where we need to be at. And no more straight-to-DVD releases or anything like that. Pretty much, this movie saved it from going on that route. Well, also crashing into the straight-to-DVD release thing, too. So it was kind of in the middle of a lukewarm situation. It's like it's trying to be something that it's not, while also trying to wind up being in that straight-to-DVD $5 bin at Walmart that we would actually go ahead and get a Tokyo Drift movie versus seeing something that's in the theater. But for me, the open scene actually was okay for me. It worked. But it also felt kind of forced in a sense because of the fact that he's actually trying to be like Dominic Toretto rather than just being Sean. Now, if they just winded up letting him just be Sean and not trying to mimic the stuff from Vin Diesel's character, I think that it could have worked and everything in a sense. Yeah, I mean, I do appreciate that this movie exists because it, because it got us Justin Lin. And I just uh, pre I appreciate the movie that because of how they tied it together to Fast Six and how it went right back to Tokyo. Fast Six kind of helped save this movie in a sense. Not much for me, but just how they brought it together and how this movie just seems like it was just going to be oh, it's just a filler movie. It's just it's this there. It exists. Um, it's got Han in it, so we'll get you fan fast that. But how they tie it together. I like that, but it's not going to help me save the, like, enjoy this movie. I mean, because you, you still got to deal with the crap before it, before that one, that one sequence, because the movie's still not good. I mean, I like the first one better, much better than this one. Um, and I don't, wasn't really a huge fan of the first one, but there's aspects I liked of it. There's more aspects I liked of that one than I did this one. And then again, I'll like, mention the, two maybe three positives i of this movie that's it but no i that's what i i mean i appreciate it but I, but appreciation and liking a movie two separate things but what we'll get into how it ties in the fast six in in, in a bit yeah I, I here's the thing i definitely appreciate this movie for what it is but it doesn't do the job that it needs to do on a solid level, if you think about it. And a matter of fact, we wind up seeing this whole entire generic thing, pretty much, where basically the mother and father, of course, is divorced. Then he winds up going over to Tokyo. We already have a feeling that his father's not going to show up anyways. And guess what? He doesn't show up. He goes over to his place and be like, well, why didn't you show up? He goes, oh, I had to work. I had something that came up and everything. But... It's very generic. It's very paint-by-the-numbers kind of thing when you look at a film that does this every single time because we already are dealing with a kid that is dealing with his own issues, his own struggles, so there has to be something there. It has to be a complexity with the parent or something like that, especially with the mother, though, at the very beginning. Yeah, um, and I think I think the father said he was blaming the, the time difference in China for, oh, I'm a day ahead of you. I'm sorry. Today is the 7th. Well, sorry. I saw you. Um, and his father lived there has been living there forever and he oh i forgot about the time difference i didn't mean really? to really douche really father douche that's what i'm yeah. calling him father douche there's too much like i mean so i'm surprised there's not a meme from this because there's like oh family takes care of family like this one family obviously didn't care about the son the mom sent him to tokyo so he doesn't go to jail and the dad doesn't give sack doesn't care about him 
like really you call this family come on like that this was this like it's like they forced the whole family like the dad was like he was barely in the movie why the heck did you have him in this it was definitely like totally un uh, unneeded and it added like and it went to a longer time runtime. This movie could have been a lot shorter if it didn't have the, the whole family issues. To be honest with you, this is actually the shortest out of the Fast and the Furious franchise, though, in a sense, because it's an hour and 40. So the other movies have been two and a half hours long. But I do agree with you on this is the fact that. There's no parents in this. And this is the same thing that I said about Fair Street. There's no parents in this Fair Street world. There's no parents in this Tokyo Drift world. Except for Sean's dad, who just like, happens to come in whenever uh, Sean is doing douchebag stuff, where he's about to go get kicked out of school. You know? <laughs> and, you know, I, I still say that Sean's dad is like father douche. He just, he's been there for a long time. In Tokyo, you mean to tell me that you don't know the time difference between when your son was going to be going into the airport and arriving in Tokyo? Okay. Like, I believe that. And then also, too, my other favorite thing, and I noticed this in the background. Remember, I messaged you about it. When the mother goes, so, is it okay if I spoke in this interrogation room? Yes, yeah, perfectly fine. It's not legal. And the big background, it just zooms in. There's a no smoking sign. So the cops are going to go ahead and pretty much ruin their whole entire interrogation room. Let's smell like cigarettes and everything after it has a no smoke inside. But still, that's like a little small Nick Peaky thing. I just had to talk about how much of a blooper that was. But, yeah. but you know, I do like the fact that we actually have um, the kid that drove the Hulk car. I liked him. I liked Han. I like all those characters from those that side once we get into Tokyo. And stuff like that, they don't feel as wooden as his father does. You actually care about those characters and where they're going to go with it. Now, as for the villain, we already saw this with uh, with the very first Fast and the Furious movie, where Dom slept with uh, this guy's sister, and now we're dealing with kind of the same situation. If you think about it, this is like a prequel story into Dom's life, where he winds up, instead of him being over in Los Angeles, and he's in Tokyo, getting ready to sleep with the villain's uh, girlfriend. And everything, if you think about it, but pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, everybody. The, I mean, the script was bad for this. The acting was bad, so it's just like, I mean, I mean, of course, like, I mean, I didn't pick up on that, but now you mentioned, like, oh my god, they try to exactly do it because they're really trying to make Sean the new Dominic Toretto, and it's like, you don't need to. Dominic Toretto still exists in this world because you got Han in this. And yet the fact you had Dom show up at the end of the movie, like, like there is no need to force this persona onto one guy. And it just it really hurts the movie because you, I just, all I kept looking at him. I kept seeing Dom and it's like Dominic Toretto would have drifted better. Dominic Toretto knows how to drive a car. Yeah. He's a kid, but still, I'm pretty sure Dom in a teen obviously knew how to drive a car because that's how he beat his brother. Spoilers for Fast 9, um, if anybody's worrying about all of this. But still, I mean, but it's just, I mean, they, they, they're trying too hard for this. They were trying to like, trying to make, oh, we're not, we're part of the Fast and Furious, but we're not. But we then again, we are. It's like going back and forth. I mean, make up your mind already. Like the fact, obviously you knew this movie was bad. When he had Dom show up at the end of the movie, 
show up and racing to yeah, save fine. the franchise to, <laughs> to come in and save it so he can take over and saying studios like yeah we have to up and i mean this is definitely like and then this is like i mean i feel bad for justin lynn because they they he this is the first one he did in this franchise was this movie and it's not great but luckily he stuck with it and he, and then he he got us i mean the quality does get better i mean it, you might think you're thinking about wait a minute you're talking about tokyo drift because even though it's the third movie released theatrically it is but we've done other movies that justin lynn did that are 10 times better than this fast five and fast six were better than this so Definitely. and it's just even the fourth one was a lot better than this because you actually got the original characters back and you got people that are likable and not dealing with not dealing with parent issues. It's because it's family issues, not parent issues. <laughs> but no, it's just like they're trying too hard. And then, but yeah, now I think of it. Oh my god, this is like a complete. This is like the 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 the, the, the a, re a reboot of the very first Fast and the Furious movie. It's just in Tokyo. It's the same storyline, just in Tokyo. So then we wind up seeing him in school. We find Sean in school. He doesn't fit in at all. He He's actually having to go to this private school in Japan. He sticks out like a sore thumb. Not only that, but, you know, he do, he's not really comprehending what any of the teachers are saying. He's like a fish out of water and everything, if you think about it, because he's not in his normal habitat into the united states or anything like that he's actually in a new place a new country where he doesn't understand where he has to try to adapt and try to learn their language and try to understand where they are coming from because their ways of doing things is totally different than our ways of doing things in america and stuff like that too so he's having to learn another culture while also trying to refine himself again in this new environment and stuff like that man matter of fact me saying that makes this makes it sound a little bit better, but you know, it's all about delivery. It's still not that great. But <laughs> um, the one part I like, one of the positives I liked, I like the idea of the drift. I I, I I thought that I think that was pretty cool. Was it shot well? Yes and no. There are aspects of the drift that were shot well. There are others that just look complete dog shit. I mean, it's just, it, it's very, it's very inconsistent. Like, I like the idea of the drift because I, you know, we haven't seen this before. And being able to drift in muscle cars is actually kind of cool if they, if they know how to do it right. Cause you think you're the bigger the car, the less likely it's to drift. That's not the case. I mean, I like that aspect of it. I just didn't like it. It was very inconsistent. Of this the is the delivery of it, pretty much. Exactly. I gotcha. And also, too, um, like I said, at this point, though, Twinkie's 2005 Volkswagen Touring, Sean has uh, confrontation with Takashi, known as Drift King, DK, who drives a 2003 Nissan 350Z over Sean, uh, talking to Takashi's girlfriend. This is where it actually gets into the whole Dominic thing that I was telling you about. Uh, Neela, who is one of Sean's classmates, although bared from from driving, Sean decides to race Takashi, who has ties to the Yakuza, and a 2001 Nissan Silva S15 Spec S, lo loaned by uh, Han. But he loses his first race with Takashi due to the unfamiliar 
unfamiliarity of the drifting. And that's what I mean by him having to rediscover who he is and having to adapt. Because our way of actually racing in street racing is different than what Tokyo does. Yeah, Tokyo has all these nice cars and everything, but they trip. They don't do actual street racing per se. They have to drift in order to get into a certain position in order to win the race and everything. But here's the thing. Whenever he ends up confronting Takashi's girlfriend, Nila, and everything, he doesn't know that she has a boyfriend or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, Takashi just comes over there and everything, and he doesn't like her, like him at all. And then, you know, at this point, that's when we wind up seeing his friend come over there and save him, which, it, of course, is, like I said, Twinkie comes over there and saves him. Thank God, or else he would have actually died because he's actually a member of the Yokoza, his uncle is, and everything. And, uh, yeah, and pretty much... Uh, he winds up drifting. He winds up crashing into the walls, crashes into everything he can find, pretty much. I liked how he said, well, what does DK stand for? Donkey Kong? But was also kind of like a lean joke in a sense because it was corny writing. In a sense. But I like how Han is just like really smooth because he, he's even smooth in the other uh, Fast and the Furious movies. I feel like with his character... You know what you're gonna get with when it comes down to Han. Yeah, because I like how all these girls are going with Takashi. Then you see Twinkie going down with all these other girls in the elevator. Then here comes Han eating his chips, <laughs> and just goes down there, <laughs> right? <laughs> just cold, um, chill, yeah. smooth. You know he has, uh, you know he has, he has some great swagger with him. I'm gonna tell tell yeah. you that. And we don't know how much time has passed since. Fast six since he left, he lost Giselle, and now he's all by himself in Tokyo. And obviously, it must have been a lot of well, like a long length of time because obviously, there and then all the girls are all about Han, and Han's still kissing them. It's like, you had Giselle, what are you doing? <laughs> this is make this so much funnier now watching Fast Six and then watching this one. I was like, man, Giselle would be so disappointed in you, like, she would not want you to sleep around or whatever, but it's, it's like just. I died for this. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or, or any, and like every, and then we see Sean trying to hit on the girl. He's, he's turning into Peter Coyle. He's thinking of his dick instead of his head. Cause it almost got him killed. <laughs> and it's, it's like, I mean, like, and it's like, it's this the jokes that seem corny. I mean, it's just, it's just not good. I mean, I was watching and I was like, I said, sure that drift, I said the positive about the drift, but there was a lot of negatives with it too. Cause it was inconsistent, but it's just smooth. not good. It's for me. Nah, it's all, it might be other, you might be your favorite one. And if it's your favorite, let us know in the chat below. But for us, it just, I mean, for me personally, this was not good. I mean, I was bored of it for the whole time. I mean, we'll begin to some more positives later on, but it's just, it was just really, really corny like the script like script writing was all over the place the dialogue was that they tried to be exactly like the fast and the furious and since you brought up the the kind of the resemblance between dom sleeping with the guy's sister now he hates him we're about to have some family issues too with regarding the uk like the the, like the, the takashi and i just i just remembered it now i'm like oh my god we are so dead on that this is exactly like the very first one about 
the family members. And I, we'll get into that later in a, in a little bit. But I just pick, I just figured that out now. I'm like, oh, my God. I just watched exactly the same movie before, just in Tokyo. Yep, trying to go for the serious tones, trying to do everything exactly like that so that they can actually reboot it and have this other kid be the front line and center rather than Vin Diesel. And it just doesn't work. It just falls flat with the dialogue, the cheesiness of it, like you mentioned. Also, too, the drifting for me, in certain aspects, it worked, especially in the garage sequences. The garage stuff works because I can see everything. When you get into the mountain part where he's racing Takashi and everything with the winner of that race, if the winner uh, winds up winning, they stay in Tokyo. If the winner winds up losing, they have to leave Tokyo. But you don't see everything because how dark that scene is. You don't see everything. That's one of the things that I really have to say that's inconsistent with it is the fact that I want to see more drifting. And I want to see how close the car came to actually drifting whenever it was mm -hmm. actually drifting off the cliff a little bit. Yes, we saw that a little bit whenever we see Takashi trying to knock him off the cliff, but we don't see enough of that in the drifting part. And it made it look like it was a little too easy to actually drift a little bit, even though he actually got the wing of it. Mm -hmm. It makes it just look like it's a cartoon rather than something that is dangerous. Yeah. The drifting gets better in the fifth movie. I think in the fifth movie when they're doing with the, the safe, I think they were drifting in that. It's hard to tell. But definitely that race in Fast Six when Dom versus Letty at that street race, and they're both in muscle cars, they were drifting, and that was cool looking. Like it wasn't as flashy as Tokyo with the lights underneath when it's flat. That or the the zoom in shot to see how close they got to the uh, to to the parking walls. Like it's it, they don't show that they didn't need to because you got two professional drivers and Dom and Letty, and they they're both muscle cars and they're drifting. I mean, the drifting in that, just comparing it to, again, improves as the movies progress. Um, but this one was, like I said, like like you said, John. That, that I mean, I'll get I'll get into the the final sequence. That was, I agree, it was very hard to see what was going on. It was like, they, and they had dark cars to begin with, dark cars, dark setting. How the heck are we going to see what's going on? Exactly. That's one of the little nitpicky things I had about that final scene. Because I wanted to see everything. Because in the garage, we saw everything. We saw how far that car, the car was actually going to hit that wall. We saw the skin of its teeth when a Takashi is going through the drifting and everything. And that's what I like. I like the slow motion and the angles of the drift itself. And Takashi's actually going near the wall. And like, ooh, is he going to crash into it or not? How close is he actually there? And we don't see that in that end scene or, or anything like that. So that's why that didn't work for me. But as far as Han goes and stuff like that, you know, I was wondering the same thing, to be honest with you. I mean, how much time has passed since the passing of Giselle and everything? And then also, too, I was also thinking, okay, you're trying to fix a hole inside of you. So because you're trying to fix a hole, you're trying to go ahead and pile it in with other stuff. Because that's the only way for you to move on from the hurt that you feel over somebody. So you're going to try and fill it in with whatever you can find. So, hey, how you doing? You know, Brazing. <laughs> and so, you know, he winds up, these girls are all over him and everything and stuff like that. But you can also tell maybe a little bit, he does enjoy it. But at the same time, there just seems something about Han that, because we actually knew him from other films, there's just something in his eyes that shows that he's in some kind of pain. I don't know if it's the pain because he's in this movie, but it is some kind of pain. <laughs> 
but it just shows on the pain and level that he's in because of the fact that he might have lost Giselle. That's just me because I know the character and everything and the, the events that happened in the last movie. But that's just the way I looked at it and from that angle. But then after that winds up happening, you know, the then after that, the next day, he goes over to Han and he goes, if you knew that I was going to wreck your car, then why did you um, let me drive it? Because I wanted to see what would happen. And then he goes, and his car's also fixed up, though. At that point, like, if you haven't seen the Fast, Fast Five, you'd be wondering, okay, how in the heck did he manage to fix up his car with no money? And everything when this guy just wrecked the whole entire car and made it pretty much totaled. And, uh, and that's the first thought that I came to my mind whenever I first saw this in 06. Now that I saw uh, now that I saw Fast Five before in theaters and stuff like that, it makes sense. But you know, at that time it just didn't make sense. It didn't click with me. But I really like that aspect where Han is now being like Dominic Toretto now, in a sense, because he's actually looking at him because now the roles are actually reversed. Now you have uh, Sean acting like Paul Walker. Then you have Han acting like Van Diesel saying, oh, you owe me a car. When his car's already fixed up. This doesn't make sense. I don't know if like, I mean, obviously Han had different cars because you didn't see that car that, that Sean destroyed. You didn't see that till the very end after the whole police seizure of the cars. Cause they had to rebuild that car. I think it was a different car to be honest. Um, I think it was like Han has so many cars. So it's hard to tell, but I remember specifically that one car wasn't seen again until that before the final race, while they're rebuilding it after Han died. But, uh, okay, because it yeah. looked like it was the same car, but uh, I mean, he has like the know. same car scheme. It's not orange, so it's hard to tell. Every every car, every car for him looks the same, unless it, unless it's orange. Once it's the orange car, then you know it's Han. Everything yeah. else just looks the same. But I mean, I, I guess, so yeah. My question is this for you: Now, when Han goes ahead and picks him up from the high school and everything to try and pay back his debt for the car that he destroyed and every, and stuff like that. And him having to work for the Yakuza and also earn money to pay for the damages. Did that work for you or did that not work for you? To me, it felt kind of forced, to be honest with you. It was all over the place. Like, I was like, what am I watching? This is not a Fast and the Furious movie. This is like some other movie. It might be another, like, Justin Lin-like movie. But it's like Han knew he was the guy was going to get, like, the big fat guy was going to chuck Sean out of the, 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 the tape. He just wanted to, like, don't leave town. Like. It really seemed forced, and it really didn't seem very Han-like to work with the Yakuza's while stealing stealing money from them at the same time. Because this doesn't really sure it worked when Han was with his team and his friends and his family, but him working with these complete strangers and he's like trying to get on their and then get money. I agree. It definitely, it just seemed out of place. And it just like, I was like, what am I watching? I'm, I'm already bored enough already. This is just adding more to my boredom. Like, I mean, get on with it already. Like that, 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 that this was like too much filler and it didn't really, that it messed up. It didn't really work out. I mean, they really tried to do something like, 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 all right, crap. Sean's not a co not a cop undercover trying to get in with Dom and his family. 
Um, let's have Han work for the Yakuza's because we need that Yakuza element, and then we'll have Sean like work try to give like funnel money to them because we don't have that whole uh, that whole twist about oh yeah he works he works with the FBI. You don't have that twist, so we need they need to come up with something because this is literally the more you think about it, this is like this is exactly a somewhat of shot by shot to degree complete reboot of the Fast and the Furious. That's literally, literally where they're going. Is they just had to tweak a few things, but yeah, I agree. I know that this felt forced. It felt overly long and just like, what are we doing? Seriously, what are we doing? And another thing, though, too, is you were right about the car. Uh, it was a 97 Mazda RX-7 that he had, that Han had, when he picked up Sean. Yeah. So I just want to let you know you were right about that. Okay. Because it looks similar in some aspects. Yeah. I just didn't notice because of the yeah. color, color schemes, to be honest with you. Yeah. But I always loved the color schemes of uh, Han's car, though. Han's car just looks awesome. The orange car, like yeah. I mean, the I think the orange car, and I think they kind of like subtly mentioned it in the Fast and Furious Six when Dom's talking about what do you think of this one, this orange colored car. Um, I think it might have been the same one that was um, the same one that he he drives later on in this movie, the one that the iconic explosion sequence. I think it's exact, the exact same car, yet they didn't show it on screen in Fast Six. I just love the, the 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 constant nods that Justin Lee keeps making within Fast Six to, to this movie, just to kind of get people to go back to rewatching it. I think I think he was trying to help this movie, but I'm sorry, Justin Lee. There's only so much you can do. Like, there's really only so much you can do. It's just this is not a great movie. Um, but I I mean, you're trying to nod us to get back into it. And sure, I'm glad I watched this in entirety, but I kind of want my time back because I'm bored. I was bored. I knew I was watching a movie. I wasn't like, I mean, there's that, like, we'll get into more, like, pretty soon we're some of the, my favorite aspect of this movie. But, I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm sorry, I keep nailing the hammer on the, nailing the, the nail into the, uh, the wall. But I, I'm just, I'm saying it like, like it is. Um, but that, that's me personally, but yeah, I, I totally agree. But, um, I wasn't trying to be right. I was just saying all the cars look the same unless it's orange. No, no because here's the thing. I was actually curious myself. So I was yeah. just wondering what it was and that's what it was. Um, but then of course, you know, you have Sean who's actually practicing on a 2006 Mitsubishi, uh, Evo gaining respect after defeating DK's right-hand man, Marmon. This feels like an anime movie. To be honest with you, featuring Fast and the Furious, the way the characters are named, uh, Marmimento, I think that's how you say his name. I have that in my notes. Sean soon asks uh, Neela out on a date and learns that after her mother died, she moved with the uh, Takashi's grandmother, which resulted in the in the relationship. And in, enraged, Takashi beats Sean up the next day, telling him to stay away from Neela. Neela subsequently leaves Takashi and moves in uh, with Sean and Han. S and H, but you know, um, here's the thing. I remember clearly when Han said, "You need to stay away from her. You're going to be causing more problems than anything." And then here she comes scrolling up to the garage and everything. And you may be wondering, where's the dad in all this? Oh yeah, that's right. Sean left it. Like Sean, this like various times. Sean never came home. 
And then he ends up staying staying in Han's garage. Like, hey, Twinkie, get him a bunk. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then also, too, when his father goes ahead and finally his father comes home from God knows where and just happens to see his clothes folded and his little uh, Harry Potter uh, small closet space of a, of a bedroom. And he sees his bed empty and his uh, bed is actually made and folded and everything. I'm sorry. If that was my parents, <laughs> they'd be called the cops <laughs> to find out where I'm at. <laughs> it's like, look, look, Dad. It's been real. It's been fun. It has been really fun. But guess what, guys? Deuces. I'm out. I'm gonna move in with my buddy Han. We're gonna go um, do some stuff with the Yakuza. I might attend school sometimes, but not all the time. I know I'm a minor dad, but you know, it's all good though because I'm gonna be making at least five grand or more. And I, oh yeah, and also too, I have to split that with my friend Han. So therefore, I, he's just using me as leverage at this point because I owe him a car that I destroyed. Which, oops, I wasn't supposed to have the car in the first place because I got suspended from school. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like, is this like this is like a really really messed up version of uh, like Sean's a really messed up version of Harry Potter because Harry <laughs> Potter pretty much seemed at least he got into the wizard school. <laughs> at least he had a at least he had a room. Sean didn't even have a room. I mean. I, I mean, like, I mean, it's just like, I mean, that like, I mean, like, it's like, yeah, you would call the cops, but who, I mean, Sean just got up and left. Harry didn't have an option. So, I mean, like, I don't know. It's just, I'm like, wow, okay, I'm so busy doing my work, doing job and that. Like, did we, we didn't even find out what happened at school. I think, yeah, I think he probably dropped out. Like, and I don't know. They, they mentioned he went to school a couple times. I'm like, man, a team making that much money just being a dropout. What kind of success yeah. with you guys? And you're work, and then you end up working for Toretto in the end with your buddies. Not even have to drop, go to school or whatever. I'm like, what's going on? It's like it's this, but yeah, that's the dad to sees him. He's gone. Okay, I actually, I actually counted how many times he went to school <laughs> because of, oh my god, because <laughs> <laughs> he went to school four times, three or four times in this movie, and that was it. If you count the time when they were almost on the on the fight on top of the roof of the school, if that counts as yeah. going to school. Whenever yeah. he has to hand the guy his MP3 player, Takashi's uh, yeah. MP3 player, and then next thing you know, Twinkie's mad at him and everything else. Was and, that counting the times in the and when he went to school in the states? That one time he went to school in the U.S. Is that no, I just counted Tokyo. <laughs> Oh, so we're, we're going about five times right now. You can count on one single hand how many times he went to school in this movie. Because there's the, the first thing. If you could drive a fast car and you could drift, you don't need school. Because <laughs> you got family. <laughs> well, this case, he doesn't family. have family. He's got, he's, got, he's, got a, he's got his friends, but he doesn't have his parents. No. But he's got Han. And he's got a garage, and he's got a Yokoza girlfriend, Nina. Yeah, so he's got a little something working out. He's got at least a couple of K in his bank account, you know. He had Han. That sounds like a bad Fast and the Furious Hallmark card. <laughs> Pretty much, that's exactly what this is. It's a really bad Hallmark. No, a Hallmark movie. <laughs> except with all, with, like, except with all the kissing and the loving. Oh my god! It's this, yeah. This is, yeah. At least this is better than right. Space Jam too. <laughs> you know what? We're not gonna go scene by scene because seriously, dude, this is not. 
this is comical at this moment, though, to Wait, be honest. Well, this not, is com this yeah. is comical at this moment, to be honest with you, dude. Um, yeah, like we 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 can keep going on. Like, I mean, we'll, let's get to the next part, which I think is probably a better part. It was shot well. This is the whole chase sequence where they like the uh, Yakuza fight. Well. The uncle shows up. Oh, guess what? We're, we need to really like emphasize the part about the whole like like you accuse of family issues about how your uncle resents you and like how you you bring dishonor to his bring dishonor to the family. Like in well, let me guess. Oh yeah, that's right. The Fast and the Furious number one. Where uh, oh yeah, that's right. The uh, like um, the, the the main Yakuza guy that blamed Dom for sleeping with his sister. He has family troubles, and the family's resenting him when he gets when he gets arrested. But guess what? This movie, we got to do the same thing. We got to bring, yeah, we got to bring the uncle in here and tell him that, yeah, your buddy Han's scamming you for money because you're bringing dishonor to this family. Because we need to make this a Fast and the Furious reboot, so we're gonna have the same elements that we thought worked the first one. We got to do it again, and yeah. So the uncle tells him, oh yeah, that's right, you're scamming. So they show up again. And poor Han, he's getting sucker punched. Well, first he got sucker punched in the face. Then Sean's taking the beating. And then this leads us to the whole sequence in the garage where he's looking for Neela. And Han sucker punches Han, like the uh, Takashi. And then they have this chase sequence where you see Han. Han's driving his, the, the, that orangey, yep, silvery kind of colored car. And then you have Neela and uh, Sean in the other car. I think somebody else that. So they're getting chased. Man, this sequence was shot so bad. It was too much quick cuts. Boom, 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 boom. Like, like we got to go here. We got to do Michael Bay style. Boom, 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 boom. Here, see this guy in this car. Let's go to the next person in the car. See a car crash. Boom, boom, boom. It's like, it happened like, I was like, what the hell am I watching? This is too quick cutty. It's It makes the sequence very disorienting to watch. And it kind of, it, all, it really ruined that whole chase sequence because there's aspects of it were good, but there was too many damn quick cuts and it was really annoying. It was actually that shaky cam stuff to make us feel like that there's something going on when there isn't something going on. Snake eyes. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know. Snake studio. <laughs> everything. I'll get to that when we talk about snake eyes, if we talk about snake eyes. But anyway. We will. Uh, but anyways, back to Tokyo Drift. Now, here's the thing. When you do shaky cam, you want to have shaky cam to actually feel some type of suspense and stuff like that because they want you to feel like you're there. You don't need to have shaky cam to make you feel like you're there. I do not like shaky cam. I don't like found footage movies. I don't like any of that stuff. I want to see the action that's surrounded around me. I don't need to see shaky cam. I can feel the adrenaline. I can feel the excitement. I can feel all that stuff without the shaking cam. I can do without that. And then, you know, the scene, another thing too is when, um, with his uncle and everything, whenever he finds out, the uncle was actually the smart one to find out that Han's been stealing from him that whole time, from Takashi, the whole entire time. And that's how dumb Takashi is because he's only a 16, 17-year-old high schooler who don't know, doesn't know any better. And you're getting him to do your books? Come on. You're supposed to be a gangster. I understand that if you're going to hire 16-year-old kids, they don't do that much time in prison, then they'll let out as a, and everything else. And they're not trialed as an adult, supposedly. So therefore, they can go on and continue to do drug business, go ahead and do different things. 
but it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't flow well. And then even when Sean goes in there, like Clint Eastwood, and goes in there after Han dies, and okay, so let's talk about Han for a minute whenever he does die. It was the most impactful, hurtful thing that I've seen in a Fast and the Furious movie. And it hurt me to see Han die, even in 2006, without the continuity of all the other films. And I know that I ranted about this in Fast 9. But after seeing this, because it's been so many years since I've seen the fa this Fast and the Furious movie, now I can actually appreciate a little bit of what Fast 9 did on that level where he's working for Mr. Nobody. <clears throat> And to where he can get out of that lifestyle of being haunted by the Yakuza. Because I forgot about the Yakuza actually being in this thing. And how dangerous the Yakuza actually is. Mm -hmm. So I can actually have some appreciation now. Yes, I have a right to change my mind because of certain events that happens in certain movies. I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed to own up to the fact I was wrong about something because I forgot about something in a certain movie that I haven't seen in X amount of time. And everything. So yes, I'm allowed to change my mind. So... I, I can appreciate Fast 9 for explaining that because it does make sense now with the continuity into that. Yeah. So, you know. It definitely explains the whole, like, him skimming the Yakuza. Because I'm pretty sure, obviously, Mr. Nobody told him to do that because he's also maybe he's trying to skim the money because that little girl he's trying to protect, that she never appears in this movie, but mentioned in Fast 9, and that actually kind of make, like, it makes it more sense of him trying to get out. So I'm pretty sure he had people tell him, and that's what he's trying to play it off. And this one, we get sucker punch. He's playing it off, um, but yeah, and it makes a lot more sense now. It's it's that it just adds more continuity to Han's death. But um, that car, I mean that that sequence is still intense. That's the one positive of this movie is was that sequence of the car, and then it just adds so much more that it actually goes back to again Fast Six and how we set up Fast Seven. Jason Statham was the guy that ran like ran into him, which I thought was the best casting they've done since Dwayne Johnson, who, if anybody hasn't heard already, Dwayne Johnson's kind of not coming back for the next two. And I think as long he's as he's not in the movie, family, no, he will be in, like, he's in, he's in with his own family. Once they, I'm pretty sure when there's a Hobbs and Shaw movie sequel that they're going to try to do, he'll be back for that because Vin Diesel's not involved or he's not in it. Um, but so that, which is a bummer, but it's fine. I mean, we're almost, we're almost two movies in. I mean, I mean, they can only have the rock do so much and to have him kind of branch off and do his own little uh, own thing. Hopefully bring Ryan Reynolds back for Hobbs and Shaw too. Like I can, add, and I'm glad they brought back Jason Statham though. I'm glad they brought him back for like, in the, for the, the sequels. Cause I'm interested how this is going to work out, but just to have because we mentioned in our before our fat before we started Fast Six that there was a post credit scene. Well, that post credit scene was this chase sequence, and, and it went behind the, the driver of the car, which was Jason Statham. Like Dominic Toretto, you don't know me, you're about to. That was that that has made that scene so cool. And in, and in, like I said, I mean, I liked how they in Fast Nine and in our review, I liked how they did this, how they brought Han back, and not for the sake of bringing him back, for the sake of bringing him back. It made sense with the story, and this one rehance that and to go back to the whole shaky cam there was a movie i watched in 2016 it's not shaky cam because it, it's filmed directly in first person i think it's with a gopro it's called hardcore henry sure it's 
disorienting, but he's wearing a GoPro and they're filming it with the GoPro, but it's shot in the first person perspective, kind of like the video game. I thought it was cool. I saw this in the theaters. If you want a first person, a first ever first person shooter full length movie, you're getting it with Hardcore Henry, and it is awesome. Like it, the GoPro, yeah, kind of makes you look like kind of like uh, motion sickness a little bit, but they tried. I mean, they really did. And I thought it worked really well for what they for what the purpose of the movie because some of the sequences were just awesome, and it's shot per first person, so it looks shaky. But it's only because he's moving, he's running, and you're seeing the GoPro running with him. So it's not really shaky cam. Shaky cam is kind of annoying if it's like you see the person's on the screen, you see their faces, and then that, and then it's shaky for the sake of being shaky. But there's, I mean, for if you have a GoPro and it's kind of shaky, it didn't really like that one was that was a good use of the shaky cam, but it was not really shaky cam as a GoPro. But if you really want a good first person shooter movie, Hardcore Henry's there. But but you go back to Tokyo. Yeah, we, now we got to continue talking for shit before we go to the good stuff. But yeah, I like how they, like the Han death. I mean, yeah, he died supposedly. But I I mean, it's still an intense like chase. And especially now we know Jason Statham was the one that did it. Um, but don't worry, viewers. Once we get past this one, we're going to get to get, some, we're going to get back to the good ones. Especially if we're, if we're getting back to, to quote Moneyball, we're, um, 50, uh, we're under 50 feet of crap right now with Fast and the Furious Tokyo Trip. We're going to get back up to great, uh, really good ones with Furious 7 next. But we just got to chuggle on for the rest of this review, and then we'll get to some good stuff. But yeah, that, exactly. Um, yeah. But, okay, so like I said before, Sean shows up with the money that Han had and gives it, and he's just going to go in there like Wild Earp and give his uncle the money and even uh twinkie says are you crazy you can't just go into the yakuza and act like you own the place and so he goes on ahead he does it <clears throat> he goes in the place and he talks to the uncle and he doesn't trust his uh nephew anymore because of the fact that han's been stealing money from them for so long and also embarrassed him and also, too, Sean also embarrassed his family, though, too. So they decided to go ahead and do a Dominic and uh, basically a John Cena kind of thing. Like, if we, if I win, I stay in Tokyo. If you lose, the winner, ha the loser has to go ahead and get out of town. And they're not copying off of, uh, at this point, they're not actually copying off of Fast 9 or anything like that. Because no. this movie came out way before then. So yeah. I can't say that. No. But... You know, and then all of a sudden the uncle's like, mm, okay. Yeah. I, I'll, we'll do it. And, um, yeah. So this one was definitely, I'm surprised Sean didn't go up and say, hey, if I stay here, like, I'm surprised Neela stays with me. She's family. Like, I'm surprised he didn't say the whole family line with that one. But it's like, sure, it's not copying Fast 9, it's copying the first movie because you get the whole family issue. You get the whole like parents issues. Like, oh, we don't trust you. Like, yeah, like, like my, I, I'm about to disown. I'm disowning my grandson. Like, we, you bring dishonor to this family. Yeah, this is like him walking in, and that it's exactly like they not shot from shot, but very, very, very ninety nine point nine percent similar. <laughs> To the very first Fast and the Furious, but yeah, it's like okay, you, 
you like you, yeah, whoever wins stays in Tokyo. But it's just kind of ironic because the the Twinkie, Sean, and Earl, none of them end up staying in Tokyo anyway because they show up in Fast Nine and they're definitely not in Tokyo. They're in some sort of military base. <laughs> so no one really stays in Tokyo. It's not Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in Tokyo? You get the sh you get you get the fuck out of Tokyo. That's pretty much what happens. <laughs> There's my one F bomb for it. There we go. <laughs> yep. So you know, at this point, after that, they wind up going on top of this mountain. Like we we mentioned the mountain a little bit and everything too, where basically you have two cars that are black. You can't really see anything at night. I understand what they're trying to go for, like this huge drift race up top of the mountain going all the way down it, like a Japanese kind of stylist kind of thing to make it more enchanting and everything because every single Japanese film has a moon moonlight over a mountain. So I'm guessing that they're trying to capture kind of some kind of essence over that. And so the scenes are very dark. I can't see what's going on in this with the drifting. I don't have any sense of danger other than when Sean uh, winds up crashing into the neck uh, where Kakashi winds up uh, crashing into him and he kind of slides a little bit off the cliff a little bit. Other than that, though, I didn't see anything, uh, to be honest with you. I, it was way too dark with that scene. Those cars should have been a lot more lighter to where I could see everything or use um, uh, make it not in the day in nighttime, maybe make it during the daytime evening hour or something like that. But still, that scene just didn't work for me as much as I hoped it would work. Because I was like, ooh, okay, a drift race up in the mountain. That sounds pretty cool. But how are they going to deliver? And the deliver of it is not that great. On paper, it sounds wonderful. But whenever you look at the whole entire context, no, not so much. And no. No, right. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go on ahead. Okay. No, it, 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 I agree. It didn't look, it looked hard to see, especially that crash. When Takashi crashes a car and he's swerving that. Are you sure you swerved past or did you suppose the shadow? Because that's what it looked like. It was like it blended in too much. You're like, how the heck are you able to see where the car is coming from that's about to crash you, a crash on you, and you swerve out and you, you survive? It, it, if it was later, Sure, yeah, it would have been cool looking, but it wasn't. It was too dark, so you could barely see who's who. You just kept seeing, no, the faces in the car. If they had, you should have had, like, a brighter colored car for somebody so we could see what the heck is going on, because it was, it was not shot well. Whoever thought, okay, mm, perfect idea. Mm, yes, let me think. Okay, we're going to do this drip. We're going to do this race on the mountains in the dark. And Watch. get this. Hold Here's on. plot twist. Both cars have dark colors too. <laughs> so and like and it's gonna be perfect, dude. You, you you need to get fired. Seriously, that was the dumbest decision you decided yeah. to do. Like coming soon to a theater near you. Watch Tokyo Drift as they drift and they drift and they do more drifting and it's too dark because the cars are dark. But that's okay because we're counting on Sean. Sean is gonna be the next Vin Diesel. And then Sean's going to say, we are family. <laughs> so <laughs> We're going to kill off your like your second favorite, <laughs> favorite character, Han. 
what? You're killing off Han? How dare you? But it's okay. How dare you? <laughs> we'll, we'll explain later on how he's still alive. <laughs> Coming soon to a dinner near you. Coming soon to, to your to your Walmart $5 bin that's still going to be filled with nothing with these movies because this is absolute shit. Because <laughs> this is absolute shit. Come, and it's in your $5 bin right now waiting because, for someone no, to pick up. There's more. <laughs> Like, well, like pretty much like that. It right. like this, this whole sequence about there's more. This is like if anybody's seen Rick and Morty, one of the one of the, the whole iconic sequences from Rick and Morty was the interdimensional cable episode. It was two brothers, and they pretty much tell you what exactly what happens in two brothers, and they this kept going on and on and on. That's what the the guys should do. Rick and Morty guys should do with this for Tokyo Drift. There's a guy named Sean, and yeah, he's gonna have a, he's gonna have a team. We can't call him family yet. Because he's not dumb. Wait, is he? Yes, he is. No, he's not. He's not dumb. But we need to. We what need movie to am I watching? Dumb. Because I don't know what I'm watching. <laughs> but what the heck? Like, star and starring in Tokyo Drift. WTF? Why was this movie even made? Oh, right? I, I know now. And this is the title. Why was this movie even made? I know why. <laughs> to to go full circle with Fast and not only Fast and Furious Six, but when we get to the ninth Fast and Furious movie, what do you mean there's gonna be nine movies? Because there is, and that's the one. That's the whole length of the title. It's all one. The whole plot of the movie is the title of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, then after that, winds up happening. We already know Sean's gonna win. He becomes the new Drift King. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Neela. He has Neela. He has Twinkie and the other crew members. And then, of course, who do we have in the driver's seat? Dominic Toretto. He says, "Hey, man! Like, like the, the, this the new this new guy. He went like this guy. He wants to challenge the Drift King. Um, okay, how does Dom know who Sean is, and how does he know he's the new Drift King? Because we don't know that. He just he's just there. It doesn't make sense until maybe Fury Seven, where he travels to Tokyo, because that's where he knew Han was. Um, that makes it more sense. But um, but in terms of Right, but at that moment you don't care because yeah. you're just psyched up to see Vin Diesel again. Yeah, because that's when Hi Vin Diesel was actually on the hype of his career at that time. Yeah, because he was actually doing the Pacifier, he was doing Disney movies, and then he came back because his whole entire career was in the toilet, and then he came back to doing what he into the Fast and, and Furious so. movies, and then doing of course Reddick and all these yeah. other films. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's like, hey, and the guy's like, not nah, Twinkie. I don't really feel like Jason. He knew Han. And then Sean's eyes lit up. Like, it's like, what? I thought we only knew Han. This guy knows Han? Okay. Um, and he goes, and he's, and he's talking about Han was a part of my family. Because <laughs> Dom had to drop that family in the third time. <laughs> Han was family. And then he's talking, and, then, and then the two of them race. And do we, do we know who wins? No, not yet. Nope. You'll find out in Furious 7. Because right. that's because like, man, I didn't know muscle can drift like that. Well, because he's Dom, and his car is his family. Wait, that line doesn't even make sense because he was drifting in a muscle car. Yeah, and that was in Fury. Sean seven. was also well. Sean was also, a, yeah, but Sean was also drift drifting in a muscle car in Tokyo Drift uh, down the hill. That was a muscle yeah. car. Well, Contradictory. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. We're asking too many questions for this, but it's this. He goes. Oh, I mean, I don't. I, I forgot the line. Spot nudity. <laughs> Whatever. It, we're, we'll get to a better movie in Fury Seven where this kind of makes sense, but does it? 
No, Mm-mm. but no. Um, and then the two of them race. Um, let me see what you got, Triff Kane. Um, and then that's how the movie ends. Yeah. And there's no post credit scene. Thank God. Nope. But yeah, uh, I didn't enjoy this too much. I much rather go ahead and go to the dentist and get a tooth pulled than watch this movie again. <laughs> <laughs> that's harsh I mean, this movie, I mean what would you rather have watch this movie or watch Space Jam 2 I hate you <laughs> devil's advocate this is easy for me I'll watch, watch this, this one <laughs> easily this one because we get to see the cool we get to see it, it, it kind of because this one actually there's parts of it that we well, I mean, one part that I liked was the the sorry Han, the part where you get hit by the car and you and you supposedly blow up, and it was all because it was Jason Jason F and Statham. See, yep. and I didn't drop the F word in that one. I just, I just <laughs> used the F word because it's okay. But yeah, because J- hey, that should be Jason's nickname because he's a badass. Mm-hmm. Straight up, I mean, I love Jason Statham. He's great. That's why I want him joining the cast as, as um, Shaw's brother. This is, was perfect casting. but Yeah, definitely. And we'll get some more info on him when we cover Furious 7. And he's he's a great villain in Furious 7. Good God. I think he kills like 50 guys in the first like the first five minutes of that movie. That was totally cool. That opening sequence. Ooh, oh, man. That's that awesome. I mean, and then he, but, you don't even see him beat up everybody. You just see the aftermath of him kicking some ass. That is a way to start off a movie. Mm-hmm. And asking a person, here, pull, his, pull a grenade. Here, hold this. Push him and walk out while the while part of the entrance explodes. Because that's With the hospital. That's the thing. Right. Hospital, yeah. Because that's what the cool okay. guys do. Cool guys don't look at explosions. <laughs> Anyways, guys, I hope that you guys enjoyed our Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift review. We are going to be doing another Fast and the Furious uh, review probably on fr- next Friday because I'm going to call this like Fast Friday mm-hmm. and everything because it actually works out really well. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to be doing that at the same time, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. We got three more movies left. Yep. We got uh, Seven, Fate, and Hobbs and Shaw. And then we're doing Fast and Furious. Yep. And then we're also doing our Rambo reviews coming back on Wednesday at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time for Rambo 4, which is just Rambo. And then Tamara from Two Blur Girls and also Fair Street Book Club will be joining us for wrapping up our Fair Street review for uh, Fair Street 1994, Fair Street 1976, and 1666. So we're going to be wrapping that up on Wednesday. And then as far as any other shows go and everything, um, I actually have someone coming in on Monday at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. We're going to be reviewing Beetlejuice, the 1980s movie Beetlejuice starring Alec Baldwin, Michael Keaton, and, of course, uh, Renona Ryder. So we're going to be doing that on Monday evening. So that's everything that we're going to be doing here at Movie Love Night. Hold on a second. Weren't we doing Rambo on Wednesday? I said Monday. Oh, you talked yeah. about – no, yeah, Wednesday was Rambo. Yeah, and Thursday. And Street was Wednesday. Oh, okay. No, actually, that's going to be Thursday. Okay. Street. Street. I was like – because I remember we, we, we talked to them. We were like, we're doing yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's Thursday. Okay. Okay. 
Sorry, I just wanted to add clarification. Like, wait, did we double book already? <laughs> no, 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 no. We didn't bu- double book or anything like that. No. But yeah, we're definitely just- doing Fair Street on Thursday. We're doing Rambo on Wednesday. And then Monday, where I'm doing my Beetlejuice review. Okay. So that's everything that we're doing here at Movie Loves Unite. Also, too, guys, if you wanted to go on ahead and donate, give us 5 to $10 of your money. Uh, to just keep the lights here out on at Movie Lovers Unite, just go on ahead and donate to us. How do you do that? Just go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast. Donate 5 to $10 over here at Movie Lovers Unite. If you guys can't, I totally understand. A simple like, a simple share, a simple subscribe does goes a long way here. So smash that like button, smash that share button, smash that like, and you're good to go. Then, of course, if you want to, go on ahead and follow us on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there, underneath the same brand name on Instagram and also on Pinterest as well. Then, of course, if you want an audio-only podcast, you're just going ahead and get that wherever you guys get your podcast from. Also, too, rate us on Good Pods. That's actually the best, like I said before at the very beginning of this, Good Pods is actually the best app when you listen to podcasts because you can rate us. I can look at your comments. I can like it. I can share your comments and everything and also interact with you. So Good Pods is actually the better app when you're looking for podcasting. And then, of course, if you want to, go on ahead email me at movielovesunite at gmail.com. And then you can also go on ahead follow me under Stereo underneath Movie Lovers Unit. And then also, too, underneath the same name on, on uh, Twitter as well uh, at Movie Lovers Unit over there. And those everywhere that you guys can follow us. It's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again, guys. And until next time, bye-bye.